Welcome back to another week of Stall Warning. This is Ponchito Ojeda, joined alongside John Murray. Dude, we had college lacrosse this weekend. How did it feel? Let's go. Um, it would feel a lot better if it was, you know, easy to watch. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of had to um, finesse your way to watching the games this weekend. Um, but yeah. shout out the guy on, was it Bellerman, who live broadcasted it on his phone. For those of you yeah, who don't know, some, yeah, some injured um, athlete on Bellarmine just pulled out his phone, live streamed the whole game, commentated on everything. So, like, that's what we need more of because I'm all for that free access. Um, yeah, I I, uh, I was listening to the post game. They had, they had him on. They had him uh, on. He was giving- – yeah, they had an interview with them, which is uh, yeah. which is pretty funny. So it was yeah, enjoyable. Good. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. was nice. We were able to see some uh, <clears throat> some uh, highlights from that game. That I mean, more the, importantly, uh, like what the heck, Mercer and Bellerman? You had how long to prepare for this? And like, you were literally the only game. Everyone would have watched you. Like you know, recruiting <laughs> alarm bells should be going off. <laughs> yeah, got to take advantage of that. What was it? Um, that was like uh, I was like listening to Kirk Curb Street talk, and he was saying how um, uh, what was the old uh, Beamer for Virginia yeah. Tech head coach? Yeah. He like reinvented college game game day because it's like, hey, like we're literally showing off our campus on this day. Yeah. Like use it as a recruiting tool. So yeah, ball dropped yeah. by those two. Yeah, for sure, definitely big big win for for the Knights. And uh, yep, that's just tally that on board. Tally yeah. that on the board, baby. I, I have. We have. Um, if we can add some asterisks, um, Sean Goldsmith did not play. No, no asterisks needed. The day. The guys <laughs> I was not play. aware of the leading <laughs> goal scorer in the country not playing. Hey, to be um, fair, I only picked Bellerman because uh, uh, shout out to one one alumni, Tommy Francesini, who's from uh, the Bay Area SF, in fact, uh, plays there. And so I was like, hey, man, I got you. So, um, but hey, however you get your picks, you get your picks, right? Yeah. So, so. I mean, it was, I think it was, um, it's a good win. I mean, a win's a win from Brotherman. Um, I think we can both admit both teams played pretty sloppy. <clears throat> yeah. Not the best of, game I've ever seen, but Mercer dominated the base off dot. Which yeah. Is, I mean, it's, yeah. it's crazy that you lose and you only score single digits when you win 100% of the face offs. Especially when uh, uh, <laughs> first face, when the first face off of the game was a goal, right? Yeah. So it was, it's kind of like, well, what happened the rest of the game? But you know, that's yeah. Uh, but a lot of turnovers, um, no man up goals. So that kind of seemed to be a theme of the weekend, though, because DU also struggled to man up mm-hmm. uh, up until the end of that game, and then and Utah wasn't exactly. I mean, Utah did a little bit better, but. They weren't exactly fluid in their men up either. Which so is that I think like, is just a product of the. Is that zone. like a coaching thing? Like, do you not show your hand in these first games? Like, uh, like F it, run a 3 3. Are you running plays? I mean, I think it's just a product of the fact that, like, none of these guys have fall ball, right? So there's no. Mm-hmm. Or, or the fall ball they had was sort of modified or condensed. And I'm sure they started the season with. You know, rules. Remember, it's January thirtieth. I mean, it's the, it's the first weekend. They've only been in practicing probably for two weeks. So, yeah, I'm not surprised. Man up wasn't polished, or um, or maybe there's some other things going on. I mean, I obviously didn't watch the Bellarmine 
uh, Mercer game. I didn't didn't check out Cam's stream, which was I should have. I didn't even see it yeah. until it was too late. But uh, and watching the Denver Utah game, a lot of the same problems, a lot of turnovers, you know, mm-hmm. sloppy play. Uh, dude, Utah goalie Zach Johns, I think his name is. Oh, he's good. He's got some he's got some skills. And uh, Utah, I love the way they play. They definitely want to get up and out. And uh, they did a nice job of creating some fast breaks. I'm sure Coach Tierney is going to watch the film and just be like, how did this happen? But <laughs> Yeah, they uh, they looked pretty good. I mean, the they just had like a few defensive breakdowns, I felt like. Just looking at some of the goals Denver scored where, you know, there wasn't a slide on Ethan Walker or Jack Hanna. And it's like... Come on, how many goals do those guys have to score in their career before you you slide to them? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I thought I thought it was fine. They they sort of played this like kind of early sliding defense, and then I think they tried to change it up where they went to some no sliding mm-hmm. options and sort of relied on John to make the saves. And I worked out pretty well. They sort of mixed and matched, and you know, I mean, Jack Hanna didn't have a goal till like the fourth quarter or something, mm-hmm. or third. I guess it was third quarter, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it was real low scoring in that first half. We got a yeah. little action, um, but yeah, I mean, it was just great to see, great to see some across. I, I mean, the bigger news probably of the story of the game is uh, is Denver's defense. I mean, they they were locked down the entire almost the entirety of the game, and I don't I only think they gave up a couple of full of six on six goals. They gave up a couple in transition, um, you know, because Denver likes to sub their their mids. And so the Miz didn't get back in, in time. And then they gave up a couple of man down goals. But, you know, from a six on six standpoint, they were outstanding. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, we should shout out another uh, one of our alumnus, AJ Mercurio. The ultimate ringer. The ultimate ringer. The ultimate ringer. He's a stud, yeah. man. Love for, those that of you, for those of you who don't know, he uh free agent um, for a tournament for us. And for some reason, he dropped down into the JV division. And he was the best player in the tournament, regardless of bracket. Yeah, that was a missed uh, <laughs> missed opportunity there. Yeah, oh, uh, being, being the coach that he played for, loved it. Uh, AJ, if you don't know AJ's story, you should go check it out. He has a, a great story about his eyesight, and um, and it's just it's really cool. I'll see if I can put the <clears throat> I'll see if I can put the link in, in the show notes, but. Yeah. Uh, Kid's also a workhorse. Yeah, he's an animal. He loves lacrosse, loves it, yeah. and he's a he's a beast. He's doing awesome things at Denver. I'm I'm thrilled for him. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so yeah, it was an interesting game. I, I thought it was it was really cool to see the mm-hmm. uh, lacrosse live again. Um, I missed the fans. I missed, you know, more lacrosse. It's nice. But it's nice seeing some so. real, real lacrosse. You know, yeah. as much as I love like. You know, summer ball and everything. There's nothing that beats like the preparation and work that goes into like college games and you know the coaching, the schemes, all that stuff. Like, I just love it. I love it. Yeah, so happy yeah. it's back. I thought the uh, I thought Utah had a great ride. I thought their ride was outstanding. They were really good there. And um, if they they were probably a few clearing turnovers away from winning that game. In fact. I can point to two goals that DU got off of fail clears that I'm mm. sure Coach Holman's is going bonkers over. Um, but you know that's part of having a young team. So yeah, but uh, yeah. So anyways, so let's uh, let's let's but let's move on. This weekend's in the books. It's over, and 
It's there's, literally in the uh, books. We are keeping a running record of oh, that's right. so, our picks. So let's just let's just tally up what that running record is. Who's winning right now here? You are up two nothing right now in the picks. Went two zero this weekend. Well, two and zero. John went one and one. All right, so let's look at the games this weekend. We're not going to preview all the games. We're just going to talk a little bit about. Uh, we're going to talk about three of the games uh, in sort of detail, and then we'll uh, pick all the games. So let's talk about Duke Denver. You know, we just saw Denver play. We haven't seen Duke play. You know, tell us your thoughts. What What does Denver need to do to win? Uh, they got to score more goals. <laughs> they they, they got to um... more scoring more goals. Uh, guys, uh, alert here. Scoring more goals than the other team will win you the game. Yeah. <laughs> you were waiting for to use that one, huh? Oh, um, good. Good I mean, yes. is is there a world where Denver scores single digits and wins this game? Uh, I don't think so. Possibly, yeah. but I, I doubt it. I, I don't. I don't think so. Um, so I think I think Denver's got to you know get that offense rolling. Um, it's not going to be easy. I mean. Duke always has a solid defense of, you know, your 6'2", 200-pound ACC defenders. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's gonna be a lot um, tougher. I mean, Duke is – would you say they're as loaded as a college cross team gets? I think they're good. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think, yeah, on paper they look loaded, but who knows? That's a lot of mouths to feed. I mean – When's the last time a true all-star team really did well? Like the dream team, you know, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's hard to deal with. It's hard to deal with having five alpha males, you know. So I think, uh, I think the biggest challenge for Duke is not uh, is not going to be do they have the talent. So I mean, making sure that talent meshes well together. I think Danowski is the right coach for that, but you know, so I think they'll do well. I think Denver's biggest challenge this weekend isn't scoring more goals. I think they're going to get their offense on track. I think that was just first game stuff. I think the biggest issue is they got to win faceoffs. They did terrible at the dot, and Stathicus and Boone are better than that. And and they just, I mean, obviously Ireland's coming, right? But you still have to get to that point, right? You need to win the games up until that point. So, and there's um, that weird, weird window where we're not sure when he's going to be actually playing for Denver, right? So, I, I like. Uh, I think Denver can, can do better if they can win in the dot, and uh, I, I think what's, their defense is as good as anybody. What's so. your score? What do you got? Uh, I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna take the home team, Blue Devils. I'm gonna take it twelve uh, eleven. I'll go. I'll go a little more. I think Duke thirteen eight. Ooh, favorable. All right, so let's move on to the next game. So we're talking uh, Cavs Towson. The story of two teams kind of in an interesting year in 2020, Uh, you know, Virginia coming off their national championship. Everyone thought they were going to, you know, they did great in 2019. And then all of a sudden 2020 comes around and it's sort of like they started getting no respect. And then Towson starts the year 0-6. You know, what do you see happening in this game? How do you see Virginia doing? They got Doc Saken back. Yeah, I mean, Virginia has got like the staple of guys who've been there forever they still have a few remnants from that championship team um so you know they could put it together but i'm still thinking you know with everything going on it's going to be a lot of slow starts um and towson is historically a very sound defensive defensive team um so i'm thinking this is going to be a little little lower scoring um 
then I like it. You know, I'm an offensive guy. I love laying up the scoreboard. So sure. I, that's where my thoughts are on that. I think Towson is going to struggle with the uh, the ride of Virginia. I think that Doc Aiken is going to have a great game. And I think that Virginia's attack is going to uh, be well guarded by Towson, but I still think they'll get theirs. They're just too good to, to not get their points. Um, so I'm taking the Cavs in this one, uh, 13-9. I'm bringing this all down so I can fact check myself you, later. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go a little lower scoring. I'm going to go 10 to 6, Cavs. Oh, 10 to 6. Here we go. 10 to 6. A little lower scoring. So, in other games of the day, we got Bellarmine versus Utah and Mercer versus Lenore Ryan. Is Lenore Ryan even a Division One team? Could they're D2, you. right? I think they're no. D2. We're not picking that game. That's not a real <laughs> game. That's a, that's a fake game. Uh, we're going to pick the Bellarmine-Utah game. So I'm going to take the Utes by two at 12-10. Hold on. Piping right now. <laughs> I see that. This is riveting podcasting. I know. Stuff. This is great this stuff. Okay. So Bellarmine-Utah real quick. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Utah 12-7. Woo! 12-7. Giving the Utes a big dub. Bellarmine's yeah. No love, no respect. No respect. Uh, yeah, we'll, finish, we'll finish up with the last game of the weekend, North Carolina versus Duke. Or excuse me, North Carolina versus Denver. Uh, big game. So we both got the piles losing on Friday. How are they going to bounce back on Sunday? What? Man, they are playing a tough schedule. <laughs> like going, going to North Carolina, let's just play the two best teams out there. You know, they should have they they played high point on Saturday and just rounded out like a three-day weekend. I mean, this is what you have to do if you make the final four. Yeah. So I think it's a great I think it's a great way to prep for this, you know. Yeah, I mean UNC was one of the hottest teams last year. Uh you know, Chris Gray is one of them on the short hit list of best players in college across right now. Um yeah. and they were I mean they hit the ground rolling. Um but we'll see that, you know, this is Denver's third game, UNC's first game, so might give Denver a little bit of an edge in that. Um whew. I'm still mm, – I want to stick with UNC. Let's go 13-12 UNC. Soft. I don't think it's going to be close. I think Denver's going to come out of the gates firing. I think that the, by the time they get to this, they'll just be in better game shape, game execution, every level. I think that Denver's going to win this by three, and I'm going to put them at 14-11. Um, I agree with you, Chris Gray. I think North Carolina at the end of the year will be a really good team. But I just think this is too early, too tough of an opponent. Um, let's take the last game of the weekend. We got Duke, Robert Morris. The uh, Robert Morris are coming down. The Colonials are coming down. Wait, no, Robert Morris isn't the Colonials. Wow. GW is the Colonials. What is Robert Morris? No, I don't even know. I'm all upset. Getting crazy here. Robert Morris uh, is losing on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> you got Robert Morris losing. What's the score? Uh, let's go, let's go 15-7. 15-7. I think Robert Morris is going to be uh, a little bit tougher than that. I'm going to give him a two-goal dub for the Blue Devils at 11-9. You got some tight games this weekend. I just don't think anyone's polished enough right now to kind of go and tear everyone up. Mm-hmm. And I think the way Robert Morris plays, it's sort of high-energy, high-octane. 
yeah. is just difficult to deal with. So You're not picking them at uh, Duke in February, one bad loss? I could see that happening. I mean, I could see it being Robert Morris. I could also see it being the next weekend against like a Mercer or Let's say Air like Force. That. Classic. Yeah, they, yeah, when they play Towson in, on February 20th, so I could see him losing that game. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, let's just touch on a couple other things, and then we'll wrap mm-hmm. this boy up. So the first is we'll do a PLL podcast, talk about the uh, upcoming expansion draft and some more detail about player movement. But they did announce that the new season is starting today in terms of, like, the league season. And um, the expansion draft for the Cannons is on March 11th. But let's talk about the Yale uh, to forego the 2021 season and just kind of quick uh, take on that. Yeah, uh, you know, not a, not a fan. <laughs> I think it's a real – it's a bad look for, like, the day before the season starts to be like, yeah, we're not, we're not playing. Um, I think it was the day for their, like, registration day too. So, like, the players had a few hours – Notice if they were going to register for classes and, um, you know, so I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but like Ivy League um, is a little bit different from other leagues where like you have to play undergrad. You can't graduate and play in Ivy League. There's some very rare circumstances, but generally, you know, you have your four years and you're done. So, you know, semesters on campus are super important for these Ivy League athletes. Like if you're if you're a spring semester senior, you know, you stay at school, you will never play for Yale again. And it's right. just, it's it's crazy that they didn't like the heads up, but I'm you know, obviously like the writing was on the wall, TD left, but it's it's just tough where these guys are going to have to sit at home and watch literally every other team in the country play lacrosse <laughs> this spring. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, yeah. it's not like this snuck up on them. It's not like last year where the virus came out. It's like we've been dealing with this for a year now. Like, how did you not have a plan for this? Yeah, I mean, I think in, in hindsight, the or, – or excuse me, in the current moment, we all feel like they should have a plan for this. In hindsight, we could be wrong. You know, they, the Ivy League could be making the right decision by sort of postponing. You know, we don't know that in a month that we won't all be canceling all of our seasons. Um, it's very possible, but I, I do think that it, they should have had a more clear path a more clear decision and given the student athletes a chance to you know, decide what they wanted to do, whether they want to stay at Yale or go somewhere else. And, uh, they sort of didn't do that by, you know, just post- kicking the can down the road to, to March. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't love that from the Ivy league. I would expect more from our leaders, our academic leaders, our institutional leaders. Some of the smartest people in the world are at these institutions they can develop a plan, whatever it is. And if their plan was to say no spring sports, I can deal with that. I, I don't love it, but it's uh, it's a plan nonetheless. And instead, they you know put the almighty dollar and the almighty enrollment ahead of uh, the overall experience of the athletes, and that's a that's a crying shame. So hopefully, we won't see this type of thing happen again. I feel bad for the players and coaches who have put time into this, and um, you know I can only imagine what Coach Shea has to say about it, but. You know, it's uh, it is what it is. I think this is not good news for the rest of the Ivy League because with them dropping out, I suspect uh, other Ivy League institutions are not likely to be like, well, now we only have five teams. You know, Princeton's already got a, a bare bones roster based off of that information that broke a while back. Yeah. You know, it's it's going to be ugly. So 
hopefully we'll see some some positive changes here going forward, but uh, it doesn't look good. I What worries me is, do you think this is going to carry into NESCAC? I mean, the last thing we saw from them was conditions have to vastly improve. Do you, do you see this as being a domino, the same type of thing happens in the NESCAC, which is like the, the IVs of D3? Oh, or the, yeah, yeah I, I mean, it's, I hope it doesn't. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it definitely, it definitely could. If there was another league going to follow suit, it would be NESCAC. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> I think it's going to be interesting. Well, you know, it is, it is what it is. So, um, Coleman, what is the uh, story with California high school lacrosse? Is it going to happen this spring? You think? I, th- I think it's going to happen. Um, in some capacity, uh, we'll see. We just got the new rulings, um, kind of out so everyone is kind of scrambling to figure out what that means um but yeah i mean it's i think it's looking good there there is a path to playing um we just gotta you know cross our fingers hope everything clears up but we have time it's the best part like you know seasons uh april 12th to june 12th so hopefully we you know flatten that curve get it down a little bit and we can play some lacrosse awesome man awesome Well, good having you on today. Once again, thanks for joining us, everyone. If you like what you heard, subscribe. Check us out on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media at 101 underscore LAX on Instagram and at 101 across all other places. Until next week, peace out.